I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Abdicating Your Monarchy, Part 2 The Blessings of Christlike Compliance. My special needs son, Max, lives in a home where caregivers attend to his every need. He's nonverbal and low-functioning for someone who will soon celebrate his 24th birthday. But even though he depends on the judgment and dedication of others who care for him, he still wants them to bend to his will. He wants to exercise the right of refusal on things, occasionally decide what to do and when and where to do it. Yet as much as he challenges authority at the end of the day, he knows what they say goes most of the time. What happens under his roof remains a power struggle. As followers of Christ, we too are engaged in a power struggle, though we often don't like to admit it. We want to wholeheartedly believe and behave as if our Lord and Savior calls the shots in every area of our lives. But in reality, God must continually vie for first place in our lives. In a world where many people and things compete with our time, our devotion, and our decisions— The extent to which we fully belong to God can vary as widely as the capricious wind. We are told in God's Word of the many blessings connected to total devotion and obedience. In Proverbs 3, 5-6, we are told to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. This trust is to be granted with a whole heart. We are not to lean on our own understanding at all. In all ways, the verse promises, we are to fully acknowledge God and He will make our paths straight. Jesus Christ Himself reveals an even greater reward to this kind of sacrifice as recorded in Matthew 16.25. There we are reminded that whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for Christ's sake will find it. Are you willing to lose your life to truly find it? This remains the single greatest challenge of the Christian life, yet also offers the single greatest reward when it's accomplished. Some of the rewards of the sacrifice will be immediate, such as the gift of the Holy Spirit, as promised in Acts 2, verse 38, to those who repent and are baptized. Indeed, Jesus is clear that such a surrender may come, though, at a great cost. In Matthew nineteen twenty nine, we read that everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or a father or a mother, or children or lands, for Christ's sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. And in Romans 12.1, Paul equates the submission necessary to follow the King of Kings to presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, and equates it to spiritual worship. When we stop to ponder the term living sacrifice, we might think of something alive on an altar one minute and ceasing to exist the next. And that's exactly what Paul is conveying here. In a letter to the Galatians, he says, post-conversion, that he was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, he states, but Christ who lives in me. He goes on to say that the life he lived in the flesh before is lived now by faith in the Son of God, who loved him and gave his life for all mankind. Who or what are we living for? The musician Loverboy once wrote that he was working for the weekend. You may know others who live vicariously through their children 
or merely exist between vacations. Some people indulge in substances or dreams or sexual addictions and never fully grasp that what they desire will never gratify them or satisfy them at all. When we die to Christ and live in full compliance and obedience in His will and ways, we at last find that we've wasted so much time seeking the things that don't gratify and find the one thing that does. We live fully satisfied in the arms of our loving Father God. I may not be excited about these kinds of sacrifices and the humility required to surrender to them, but I'm willing and able to submit to the process. Are you? In 1 Peter 5, 6, we read, Humble yourselves there under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. And after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore confer, strengthen, and establish you. Join me in undergoing this process, no matter what it costs us. I'd like to read now an excerpt from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is entitled, The Cross, X Marks the Spot. There comes a point when everyone reaches a crossroad in life about what belief system they're going to embrace, what will determine the direction of their course, and how they intend to move forward once the choices are made. Even though everyone reaches this point, not everyone recognizes they are there, so there may not be a clue about how to process or proceed what they're enduring once they've reached this crossroad. Some people in the confusion take a detour instead, going down a road they think will mark self-discovery, only to find that it is riddled with potholes and blind self-destructive turns. It may not seem like it when we stand at the fork in the road, but each choice we make has the potential for hidden consequences. While in college, I vacationed in Mexico with some friends. We went to dinner and went walking into the hotel when I saw a ferry that was boarding to go to a cruise ship. I hatched a goofy plan for us to jump onto the ferry, board the ship, mingle, and return later to shore. I'd never been on a cruise and knew nothing about the protocol. I managed to convince a few of my friends to get on board the little ferry, but one by one they thought it over and disembarked. Standing alone, I too got off the ferry. The next morning I looked out the window and saw that the ship had a hammer and sickle on it. It was a Russian cruise ship featuring a communist symbol concealed by the darkness. Though the idea of being afraid seems a little silly now, I remember thinking back then not to ever consider jumping into something like that again before I had carefully weighed all the aspects. When we are presented with the good news of Jesus Christ, we stand at a crossroad too. We can choose to follow Jesus or walk away from Him. God didn't create robots pre-programmed to obey Him. He's looking for authentic followers. The Lord invites everyone to His table, but not all invitees will be seated for the banquet. In Matthew 22, 8, verse 14, we read of the invited guests who tried to come to the wedding feast improperly clothed and as a result were cast out from the festivities. For many are called, but few are chosen, sums up the two-way road of salvation as recorded in verse 14. God does the inviting, but man must RSVP before the Holy Spirit dwells within. We must deliberately choose Christ. Have you RSVP'd to Jesus' calling? 
Or are you carting around the invite as if you have all the time in the world to reply? Have you accepted and expressed gratitude for being included? Anyone still holding the card is at the crossroad. Time is too precious to waste. And the keys to kingdom living are? Say yes to Jesus and turn the corner on your life journey today. And the doorpost is, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon. Amazon. 